Welcome to Men's Book Club. Men's Book Club. We're back. We're back, baby. People said we would never come back. uh, Mainly those people were us. And here we are. (laughs) We're back. Today we are doing another nice classic for you guys. A first the first time. First, first time. time. Yeah, another first time. Another first time. Man, what is with us? I don't know. I think we just like it. We're just drawn to these. We don't even do it on purpose. Yeah, it's this like is animal just... magnetism. We're just drawn to it. <laughs> yeah, this is uh F. Scott's Fit- F. Scott Fitzgerald's first book, which was his best book. His only book. No. No. <laughs> it was his best selling book, his first book. This one. Really? Yeah. This oh, was you it. know what? I think I read that uh, I guess Gatsby wasn't like no. a hit, right? When he was I think they said he died he like died he died before of, he thought yep. he was like a failure. Yep. Yep. So this is uh this side of paradise, by the way, we're talking Should've about. Should have lived a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't a failure because he saw the success of this book yeah. and he was able to use this money to, you know, marry, marry Zelda and, you know, have a house or whatever. But towards the end of his life, he had to write a lot of short stories to make up for the fact that his novels weren't selling very well, and he hated doing that. Mm-hmm. And then his wife became ill, and then he became ill, and then he died. Fun fact, I have read all of the completed novels of F. Scott Fitzgerald. Fun fact, you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, hated them all. No. Um, yeah, th- this is the fourth and last complete, or first, I should say, completed novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, it tells the story, let's get into it, of this boy, eccentric young man who eventually becomes a Princeton young man. And, and you would have to be eccentric with that name. Yeah. Are Amory you? Blaine. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Like, I knew a tadpole. Oh, that doesn't sound good. I know a guy named Tadpole, and I knew him. I was, I think I was moving to LA, and uh, one of my professors, like, you have to, you know, look up this guy, Tadpole. And he's exactly what you would think he would be. Yeah, because like I did, I tried to do like open mic night, and he happened to be there that same night, <laughs> randomly, um, in Jersey, uh, when when uh, a couple of, like before the pandemic, mm. and he's like one of those people that like you just expect he, he's like bouncing around everybody. I was just tagging along, mm. but people remember somebody with that name. Okay, so you're telling me that this guy sounds like he should be an Amory. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Actually, I agree. <laughs> I agree. He's um. He, he, the story starts off with him, with uh, Fitzgerald basically telling us, this is in third person, Fitzgerald is basically telling us about his life, about his mother Beatrice, about how his father died, about how his father and his mother met, about how his mother has a nervous breakdown, and about how he wants to be educated, so he asks his mother to go to a private school, and while he's over there, he is so pompous and and conceited about himself that he doesn't really make any friends and those are probably the first 100 pages yeah and they sort of drag i love the beginning of it i like how he began describing everything the first chapter or the first like maybe five or six pages they were so good because they were they were very they were descriptive but it almost in a clever way the way that he was writing it and then after that it kind of Got a little dull. He was he was going a little too far into explanations, and then it picked up again for me at least. After he got to Princeton, when when he actually started attending Princeton, and um, there in Princeton he meets. Well, first he actually meets the first woman that he's ever that he's ever loved. Yeah, wait, in Minnesota maybe. In right? uh, no, in Minnesota, uh, no, no, it's in Minnie. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Minneapolis, yeah. Minnesota. How about that? Um, Isabel. 
That's Isabel. Isabel. Um, she's a debutante. She's this this um, almost wealthy woman who's expecting a wealthy guy to come to her, and he meets her at this party event. He dry, He comes up from the train from Princeton, and he far far ride. Yeah, fall, falls. Yeah, hard commute. Very, very far ride, <laughs> and meets up with her, and they almost fall in love. And then I'm some, afraid to commute to meet a girl in New York City. <laughs> this Four, is like an eight hour train ride. I can't do twenty minutes. But I know maybe, this is probably more than eight hours. Yeah. It's probably like a fifteen hour train ride. Uh, yeah, I would I would say probably a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, back then, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so he meets her over there, and they kind of, quote-unquote, fall in love, and he talks to her, and they're sweet and romantic to each other, and then towards the end, they exchange letters back and forth, and eventually they end up not being lovers, because um, both of them, really, I mean, they were both the same person. They were both eccentric, Mm. very rich assholes is really the word for it. There's nothing else, and they start to fall out of... Uh, contact with each other and then that kind of dies out and we don't really don't hear from her ever again i mean it kind of makes sense she's she's far away yeah she's very in new far. jersey yeah she's somewhere else um she's and in then the snow <laughs> the snow is what did it uh and then there's this the story starts to revolve around mainly amory and his friends and his time in princeton and really this the i think the entire point of this story is about this kid who was sheltered his whole life, and finally life smacks him in the face a little bit. Mm. And I think that's the whole premise of the book. The well, reason it's also kind of like a to me because it went slow a little bit, a slice of life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like yeah, it's it's a coming of age story. There really isn't much of a plot in it. There really isn't anything that's I, I would say suspenseful about it. You're just following this kid. It's actually reminded me a lot of which is very weird for me to say this it reminded me a lot of catcher in the rye like this this student who there really wasn't a plot there really wasn't a point to it you're just kind of following him along as he dreams up this life that he wants only that in catcher he doesn't really change i guess this guy does towards the end right yeah yeah that's the whole point right and in but in catcher in the rye and in this one there he the the main character is both like like everybody's out to get me kind of person. And they're both kind of I know similar. a few of those. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, he goes to, to college and there's a lot of stuff that happens while he's there. You know, a few of his friends end up dying while they're going to prom. There is <laughs> they uh they go to the boardwalks in New Jersey, which I only find significant because we're in Jersey. Yeah. Like I probably wouldn't have liked yeah, well, it as much. I think we talked about this maybe in the intro yeah. one, like where Oh, NASA Street. Okay. Yeah, I work. I walk in there. Yeah, we we know the streets. I think we I know the, the book up there. Street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're at the the when they go to Red Bank, when they go to like all these boardwalks, and they're like, like the like they're just in places that we are. So you're you're kind of a little bit more interested in it, even when they're we're talking about like you said in Princeton, and they're talking about specific buildings and specific streets. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they're talking about. So it was cool. It was kind of nice. And, and it helps. Pr- yeah. Princeton is really nice. Yeah, Princeton is very nice. Um, yeah, and he's, he has a time with his friends. He's he's kind of conversing with his friends the whole time. And um, I would never be friends with him. He's too smart. He's too what? Too like, like, sm- like it's always uh, yeah. like this intellectual. Yeah. But they all were like that. Yeah, like they he, all were. Yeah. I don't all be of his with friends were very eccentric. And, and, I, and I do like, you know, sometimes talking about 
yeah thing but but this was like every con- oh they would like Th- that was it that was a big thing like they got around and they talked about intellectual things oh, and, you and don't poetry. like this author and poetry yeah, yeah. i hated that but <laughs> i don't know poetry what do you mean you don't you, you've never read tolstoy yeah, and he's yeah. like what what yeah, about it like, <laughs> exactly like, yeah i always had this like differing opinion about yep. there was always know, an argument that needed to be had there was a friend of theirs that was very socialist at the time and and they he Emery was very anti socialism and they you need to read and his friend becomes this like socialist believer who thinks like the that Americans were wrong in the war I mean it's just this crazy it there really isn't a lot although of, it's kind of relatable to today because like people could <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah 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 so I mean he got that he nailed yeah. that where people um, kind of I think I think if you go to Princeton buildings right now these conversations would still be happening it's oh, a yeah. lot of well, these it's that centric... kind of university yeah. it's that kind of university yeah you go to That's princeton saying, right you're kind of you're probably yeah wealthy well or or you're really smart thank you i'm really smart I didn't you didn't go there um i mean yeah you went on the campus <laughs> and you tried to get in that one class <laughs> i applied and i got in i just didn't go okay yeah i just uh, I, I i applied i didn't get in they said no but um <laughs> I would never stop me. Yeah, it's it's the story I of eccentric. <laughs> Still walking the streets. I get to go to your campus, and I didn't pay for it. What's up? I go to the the library, and I just hold a book. <laughs> um, yeah, so so it really is the story of 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 these eccentric kids. I think that's the crux of the entire book. The main the the majority of the story is about the friends hanging out. Um, really being a bunch of misfits in Princeton University, sharing ideas back and forth. It's a really a story that centers around education in general. Um, and in it, thrown in it, is a big section, which you just told me you didn't like, which is the almost written as a script, as a play, which is his relationship with Rosalind. I, I, I just, uh, why was it like that? So, I don't know why it was like that. I have no idea. But... Rosalind is this person who ultimately he falls madly in love with and she becomes the love of his life and he is going to marry her. They they share such intimacy. They love each other. They're going to be together forever. And Rosalind, uh, much like him, has never really been in love that way before. So it's their first time really falling hard for one another. They're both sort of experiencing new emotions and even his time that he had with um what's her name again i completely forgot her name isabel Isabel. yeah even even his time with her it was never the same as it was with rosalind she's this exciting young person there she has a lot of suitors and he tries very hard to impress her over and over he tries anything that he can and finally she ends up when she meets him she ends up um, eventually falling in love with him and they fall in love and they want to get married and they want to do all these things and that becomes his main focus. Oh, yeah. And then um, what? She falls in love with this other guy or something? She doesn't fall in love with the, the guy. So her dad becomes, starts to lose his money and her mom... Oh, she need money or something. Yeah, her mom starts pressuring her to marry this man, Dawson Ryder. Awesome Great name. name. Awesome name. I would, I, my life would be so much different <laughs> Dawson, if I had a cool name. Dawson. Ryder. I can't go in my life. I I, I didn't have a shot. <laughs> Dawson Ryder. Right. He's a wealthy, handsome from old money. I always thought if my name was like Matt Wild, I would be a totally different person. Oh uh, yeah, that's what it was. The name. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a name. Da- I think it's Dawson, a name. Dawson. Yeah. So she has to. 
she has to marry Dawson Ryder because her mom keeps telling her she has to marry Dawson Ryder because Dawson Ryder has money. She has no money. And she keeps telling her mom, no, I'm in love with this guy. Amory, he's really sweet. And she's like, yeah, that's not really going to pay the bills. Like, go get yourself a real dude. She doesn't say it like that, but you know. Um, you need to go get yourself somebody who's able to take care of you because you can't provide for yourself and you can't live on love. Um, she puts these thoughts in the daughter in her daughter's head and eventually they have this talk, Amory and Rosalind, where they get together and she breaks up with him because she tells him it's not up to her. She has to marry Dawson Ryder because she can't provide for it. She doesn't want to sit there and... and um, uh, feel some sort of remorse that she married him after all these years so she has to marry Dawson Ryder she has no choice but to marry Dawson Ryder and then that ends up breaking Amory's heart and from that point on the book which I would say is a little more than halfway towards the end he's a different character mm. he's this empty shell of a man who's bitter cynical um, he's still eccentric he's still an asshole he's still not was this woman based on his wife his current wife or no that was uh, somebody else or was no that... it was it was it was yeah it was he he actually went to marry if I remember the story correctly Zelda his wife it's Gerald this is who is he and she said no and she had a lot of suitors until he became wealthy she mm. wanted him to prove himself and it wasn't really just her it was her family too yeah, it's like, such an odd time yeah it's an odd time where, where it's like yeah you're gonna have to marry somebody right yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much um yeah also we forgot to note that he goes to war he's a he's a veteran you usually have to say thank you for your service to amory i mean he did he he served our country i think i'm gonna skip that one <laughs> so he goes to war he comes back a lot of his friends go to war some of them die in the war he comes back again he's almost a different person when 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 he goes through war when he goes through this breakup he becomes a very cynical person um throughout the story af after he comes back from the war he finds out that his mother had passed away and his mother tied a lot of their money into this worthless stock. Whoops. Um, Bitcoin. Whoops. Bit yeah, Bitcoin. <laughs> she, she was a little ahead of the curve. <laughs> she put all their money in the Bitcoin and lost it all. <laughs> um, no, she he come, She put all the money into some railroad company and it ended up going to, to shit. And basically, she he has no money and he has very little income. And that's kind of one of the reasons why um, yeah. Rosalind had to marry... Dawson Ryder. It's like she had to. Yeah, no choice. Didn't have no money. She couldn't get a job. No. He he was working in advertisement at the time after he came back from the war. He was making like two hundred and fifty dollars a month, which I'm sure at that time was wasn't too bad. bad. Yeah, not that bad. but not too great. But, but for not her. not to marry somebody if if you're a girl and you expect to be rich. That's yeah. probably not. Yeah, she not she said the same thing. She was like, yeah, "We're not going to live on love." And he's like, and he's like, what, "Yeah, it's what? so ridiculous." It's like. I'll marry somebody I don't love for money. Yeah. And be okay with it. Yeah. Be completely okay with it. <laughs> um, he also finds out around the same time, I mean, this is a little bit towards the end of the book, that his his mentor, this Monsignor Darcy, this priest that he was introduced to at a young age by his mom, also passes away. So he feels completely alone. He doesn't have a love life. He doesn't have a mother. He doesn't have a father. He doesn't have this figure most of his friends are dead and he feels like he is all alone in this world and again this is one of those like you've been sheltered your whole life being provided all this loving stuff and money for you and finally all gets taken away and it slaps you right in the face and he he really can't handle it um, i feel like a lot of these older books are, are, are very similar with the with the mm -hmm. you know they something with uh even uh what was that one by uh 
Ethan Fromm. Is that what you thought? It, it was that one, but there was another one too. Uh, uh, what was it? The Christmas Carol guy? Dickens. Oh, Dickens. Great Expectations. Yeah, where like you know he got into a fortune, then lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. They all seem to. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think it's because back, back then, your social status was meant money. Way more, yeah. It, but it, it weighs more on life than anything else. Like you can't. You can't get by on being a good person. And, and now so it's a little different work. too because you you can make a somehow you can make a YouTube video or and, or invest uh, in Bitcoin. Yeah, invest yeah. In Bitcoin and become like an overnight success. Then yeah. you really could. You're you're in a poor class. It's yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, probably not and, getting out of it. And I, I I think that area that that time frame I should say between like the mid 1800s to the mid 1900s those hundred years you will see that a lot. Mm. And I think once you get like past that, it becomes like all the books like Steinbeck. Yeah, and yeah. It just becomes like field work and and just it it changes completely. And then the but, World War Two books. Yeah, and, World uh, War Two books, and and it's okay to be it's art. It's about art, and it's okay to be poor, and and yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. I agree with you. There is a lot of, but it's the time frame that it's yeah, in. It's yeah, set yeah. in such an odd time. Um, yeah. So. Our boy Emery comes back from war. He doesn't have money. He works in advertising. He gets his heart broken. And then he has this almost one-night fling or whatever with this. It's a very odd one-off with Eleanor. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. We were just talking about this quote. So this is a, this is Matt's favorite quote from this whole book. It, it actually uh, is. She's, uh, he's asking who she is. And he's like, um, he he calls her Madeline. And she's like, oh, my name is La... My name is not Alan, uh, Madeline. It's Eleanor. And, he's, and he says, I might have guessed it. You look like an Eleanor. Yeah, you look yeah. like You yeah, should have just guessed Eleanor then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he obviously <laughs> thought her name was Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That describes him perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he has this fling with her. And um, again, afterwards, he's he's almost... he's he, They can't be together, obviously. It was almost like a fling. They both knew. They don't live near each other. She's in Maryland. He goes back up to Princeton. He lives in New York at the time, actually. And he's walking around. He's almost he's almost broke. He goes back to his time in Princeton, and these 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 workers drive by and pick him up in a car, and they start having these conversations about socialism and capitalism and what the country means and all this stuff and and workers' right and all whatever. And Find, come to find out that one of the people that are in that cab with him that he's arguing with is the father of one of his friends that ended up dying <laughs> a war um and then they drop him off and they and they go to this whatever party that they were going to go to and it's towards the it's at the end of the book it's pretty much the last line of the book when when our boy finally gets a a, a little bit of clarity in his head and he says i know myself but that is all and you're just waiting this whole time for him to understand that he doesn't know anything except himself. And finally, at the end of the book, he clears it up for you. And he says, I know myself, but that is all. Do they, um, so this book was really successful, I, I yeah. guess, at the time? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, I think really at the well. time, I could, I could see it. It's, here's the thing. It's written about war, about rich aristocrats, about, uh, I mean, Princeton, um, which which is Ivy League, let's just call it that. 
that's really the 1920s. Yeah, it's like really show. interesting because Great Gatsby too. It's like about these flamboyant parties mm-hmm. and the. Yeah, this is this is set right before that. Like this is 1918. Like it's set during World War One, towards the end of World War One, um, and it's really it. I think if you lived during that time when like the book was published in the late 19 teens and early mm. 1920s this is all you hear about anyway and you're almost listening into the mind of the youth and and you have to remember like this is this is representing the the shift in mentality between the old school americans who never went to war i mean really uh, outside of the civil war really wasn't a yeah, major war yeah. and then world war 1 which is this the new generation now that's fighting wars that their fathers have created. They mentioned that throughout the book plenty of times that this new generation is paying the price for the wars that their fathers have created and their fathers have never been to war. Yeah, okay. So it's compelling in that sense because now you're getting into the mindset of these younger generations. And the younger generation is probably the one that ended up buying this book because it's like, oh shit, finally something about our time in war. Like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks, F. Scott. <laughs> I mean, was this book? Um, this was his first book. Great Gatsby was his what second? Uh, I think Gatsby was third. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how how uh, that one at, at the time didn't mm-hmm. do that well. Because I think, yeah, I you would. I think yeah, it's a better think, story. You would think, yeah. I think now we idolize that time a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We look back on it and we're like, oh man, I wish I was in the 1920s. And people in the 1920s were like. Yeah. But I wonder also, like, this book came out, and then you did another one, and then he did that one. It's like, it's kind of similar mm-hmm. in a yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, he's a, every author has a theme. Like like we were talking about Ethan from uh, Edith Wharton's entire spiel is about aristocratic New York societies, mm-hmm. besides that one book about New England. And yeah, but his, close, is about this, his is about the same thing. It's, a, a, I mean, wealth and parties, and, and uh, I mean, the, like I said, I read all his books that he finished. He did The Beautiful and Damned, which is about a New York couple who has a lot of money, and they end up having problems when they start losing their money. Um, Tender is the Night, about rich people from America living in the French Riviera. Uh, this one, about this rich guy yeah. who goes to Princeton, and obviously The Great Gatsby, about the rich families. Like, that's his, that's his theme. That's what he does, which he does really well. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people would probably not, not like this book because they really don't like this character. You could f- almost, like, you can empathize with Gatsby a little bit. You like him. You feel a little bit bad for him. Nick is the one telling the story, so you appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you feel... Yeah, and Gatsby's, like, this tragic figure. He's, right, like... Right. Um, Watching the light. I, I, not only that, but, but he really, truly loves this girl. Mm-hmm. And he's not, like, really... Yeah, well, you don't really know his perspective, right, but, right? But like, he's not really a dick. He just he truly loves somebody, and it's really that the guy Tom marries somebody. Daisy marries money. Yeah, it's money. Yep. So yep. again, back to yep. So, so you kind of feel bad for him because this guy kind of makes his own. Tom problems. is the uh, original um, Dawson Ryder. Basically. Yeah, Dawson yeah. Ryder is the original Tom. I should say. Yeah. Um, Good book though, I think overall. What what are you what are you rating this one at? Maybe like a three. Okay. I you, right. you know why? Because it, to me, it wasn't like it was just all over the place sometimes. Mm. They're hard for me. Okay. Um uh I could see I actually thought you would give it lower, so I'm very happy yeah, to Yeah, I mean it, it wasn't bad. It was just um 
it goes into like poetry and then like oh yeah you don't like poetry you didn't no, like i pass that every time <laughs> i was like what does this mean uh <laughs> i'm just gonna skip this poetry uh, well, i got to skip five pages right now um <laughs> um i i like i said i read i read his stuff all of it the, the stuff that he finished i would say this is my least favorite but all the other ones have been a five i would give this a four mm. um it was just it, it's hard to in all of his other books you almost empathize with the main character with this one it's a little bit hard to put yourself in a position where you feel any sort of remorse like you've been a sheltered rich boy your whole life and finally in your late 20s mid to late 20s life is smacking you in the face like it's time you get your you know like everybody gets that cycle you had a good childhood um you know like yeah it sucks that all that stuff happened to him but in the grand scheme of things i don't know i like a i think like gatsby at least it was like a it's like a coherent story throughout it's easy mm-hmm. to follow yes yeah. okay this one was just kind of like yeah yeah he, okay he does this and he's like that and he's here and yeah yeah i get what you're saying and and the and the breaks between chapters switch topics so quickly yeah, yeah. like he's talking about something and then he talks about something else when he switches topics i get that um yeah i, I overall though three and four are not too bad averaging 3.5 yeah i mean books. it was it was i didn't like that but but, but he's a good writer yeah I and mean, you can tell he's a good writer yeah for his first book it's it, it's re- it's, it's really it's good. It's mind-boggling I mean, yeah. to me that this book did the best out of all these. I mean, the, it's crazy how good his other books are and how this one is the one that they're like... I I think... Well, at first, it was his first book, so maybe, yeah, like you I, said... That's another thing, right? Yeah, we didn't take that into account. This is his rookie book. Yeah, I mean... he kills it. So, so I think maybe, like you kind of said, we, oh, we're moving into this new generation. This is a book for us. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of... I don't know. When you're at the Gatsby, it's the third book, and it's kind of the same. Maybe yeah. they're just kind of like, well, that's true. Because there's elements, and he he has that theme of like, this guy really likes somebody. The woman, yeah, will not go with him. <laughs> and the know. other and the other two books are that also. Yeah, it's yeah. the same. So it's, it's like, I mean, this one. I mean, it's different. It's definitely different, but. There's elements. There's the jazz elements. age. It's the jazz age. Well, then he like. Be the uh, what did they say? He came up with like the flapper term. No, yeah. flapper. Yeah. Or... yeah, yeah, it is. I thought it was flapper. No, it was a flapper. Or the jazz. jazz age. The jazz age. Yeah, which is cool. The jazz age. I mean, it's interesting when you yeah. look. Maybe what? Maybe like you said, it wasn't as popular. You know, you're in the jazz age when you're reading it, so you're like, eh, well. How many? How many authors and artists in general end up not really getting their what they're really worth while they're alive most so, yeah i so, mean um, but that's like no the idea. that's like part of being probably a like a author or songwriter or mm-hmm. anything it's like usually when you die you're appreciated a lot more yep also remember not only is this his first book but he was like 22 when he did this that's pretty so good that's pretty freaking good yeah. I, I think he just really wanted zelda <laughs> that was all zelda, in his mind. please yeah come on um <laughs> Okay, this was actually really fun. Uh, it was a good book. To, I'm glad we did it so I could finish all of the Fitzgeralds. I got to do the last one. So how many were there? Five? There are five, but one of those he didn't finish. So technically I mean, five, there are four. When did he die? 40s? And yeah. 40s. So yeah. like, yeah, five's pretty good. Yeah, five's pretty good. For somebody um, that didn't live. And he know. has a lot of short stories out there. I know he didn't like them, but he has a lot out there. <laughs> so like he, he wrote. He wrote. He wrote. He wrote. Right, just going right. Um, okay, this was fun. This was a good read. Next week, we have a uh, Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five. 
So uh, say what? read us, read along with us, <laughs> read along with us on that one, and um, we will talk about that when the time comes. Thank you guys, we appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at um, Men's Book C. Yeah, yeah, C, C for C. club. C, and you can follow C. us here on C. Twitter. C. You'll find us. C. We're everywhere. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. Yeah, just we're, we're just we're on them all. All right, thank you guys. All right, bye.